listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We've been on this subject of prayer this week. Uh, uh, such a powerful element in the kingdom of God. You have to be a person of prayer. Uh, I talked to you yesterday about um, one of the most convicting books that you could ever buy is uh, the book called Prayer That Brings Revival by Dr. David Yungi Cho. Such a convicting book. And, um, and it puts a fire in you to want to pray and to get into the presence of God. And so um, we've been on this subject of prayer this week. Today we're going to be dealing with 11 life-changing benefits of a consistent, and that's important, a consistent prayer life. And so I want you to do me a favor, take a minute to share the broadcast today. I'm going to show you from the Word of God what takes place when you pray consistently. When you pray, some people just think, well, my prayers get answered. It's more than that. It's much more than that. And from Scripture, I want to give you 11 life-changing benefits today. Life-changing. And I mean that in the most literal sense of the word. And I'm going to give you the verses. I'm going to walk you through it. And uh, this will encourage you. And it will encourage you to pray consistently. Hey, Alicia, watching from Rochester. Glad you're on. And so I want to start um, in... James chapter five. <clears throat> so if you have your Bible, I want you to go there with me. I know some people watch from work. And so they, uh, they put their earbuds in, they're still at their desk working. Uh, I have people, I love it. Sometimes we'll have people log in from, uh, from school. I think I saw Quentin the other day. He said, um, what's up everybody from algebra one. <laughs> I said, where's everybody watching from? He said, hey, everybody, I'm watching from Algebra 1. Um, this will help you more than Algebra Algebra 1. There's my man, Derek Hale, that I grew up with. Love you, buddy. Good to see you. He's not watching from Algebra 1. He's watching from Algebra 2. Oh, Caitlin got the earbuds in the mail. Amazon delivered her package. And so you can actually now homeschool your children and watch the broadcast at the exact same time. Isn't technology wonderful? By the way, I hope everybody that got a Victory Tribe Yeti mug is enjoying them. I'm, uh, I'm really looking for the opportunity to get the safety orange and this color right here. We're on top of Yeti. We're like, give us the colors. Uh, the book was called, they said, Mary Beth said, what was the book again? The book is called prayer that brings revival. And, um, it's by Dr. David Youngie Cho, Y O N N G I C H O Dr. David Youngie Cho. Um, at this point, there's not really a way to get them, Janine. We just kind of sent them out uh, to people that are connected to the ministry. Uh, just a little heads up, there might be some available at the homecoming weekend in November, but uh, we've got some other things. Oh, by the way, let me say this, two other things before we jump into this. Number one, 
the magazine is about to ship out. This thing is bad to the bone. I think it's the best one we've ever done. I say that every time, but I mean it. Um, it's going to build your faith. But we got some new announcements, some new and exciting announcements that we're launching in this edition of the magazine. If you don't get it, I want to encourage you to sign up on our website to receive our magazine in the mail or digitally if you're overseas. You're going to want to see these uh, announcements. And then... Uh, also, I want you to sign up to receive text messages from me. Why? Everybody that's part of the text message family, um, you're getting the updates before anybody else. This is kind of like being first in line. This is kind of like when you go to Universal Studios and you get the fast pass and you get to pass everybody else in line. That's what the being on the text message family is because you hear from me directly. But before the magazine ever drops, before we ever say it on the broadcast, before we ever mail it out, you're getting all the info ahead of time. And uh, I've got a couple of new things that we're going to be letting you know about. And I'm actually going to put you first in line to get it. So if you're part of the uh, text family, you're going to get the info and the way to get in on these things before anybody else. If you'd like to join us and be a part of that text family, um, you all you got to do is go to miracleword.com forward slash text. There's a form there. If you fill it out, what you're actually doing is putting your information into my phone book, and then I will be able to send you a message. So uh, miracleword.com forward slash text, and you're first in line. And I've got some things I'm getting ready to text you to show you, and you're going to have ability to jump in, and it is pretty limited. So uh, you're going to have an opportunity to be first to get to grab one, and you are going to want to grab one when you see it. I can tell you that. Morning, Faith. So let's jump in today. Uh, just a couple last announcements I wanted to give you before we did. James chapter five. Glad you're all here. Glad you shared the broadcast. Thanks for being on with me. James five. Uh, we're going through eleven life-changing benefits of a consistent prayer life. Um, you know, it's not really optional to be a, a person that prays consistently. Every Christian should be praying on a daily basis. Every Christian should be praying on a daily basis. And um, so I want to show you, starting with number one, which I think is so powerful. Uh, and I say, I don't say that uh, sarcastically, but look, look at this, because the first benefit is power. It makes power available. When you pray, it makes power available. You know, powerful people in the kingdom are praying people. One of the things that I've learned growing up is I learned that when you start to be able to feel, and many of you, you do the same thing. You can tell, you can feel it in your spirit. And in fact, let me do a little poll for those of you that are watching. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, you'll just have to lift your hand silently in the room you're listening. But if you're, if you're watching, let me do a little poll. <clears throat> um, how many of you have heard someone either speak at a church service or whatever, maybe a, a whatever, just speak. Or you've heard someone pray publicly. Well, they say like, we're going to have so-and-so come and pray. How many of you have ever heard someone speak or pray publicly? And you could just feel like, man, I don't feel any power or anointing on their speaking. I don't feel any power or anointing on their prayer life. Lift a hand in the comments if you've ever been in that position where you're like, 
I don't feel anything, man. I don't feel any power. I don't feel any, any nothing. I mean, I feel no anointing. I've been there many times. And I could, there were times I didn't understand it. When I was younger, I was like, I don't understand that. They're saying all the right things. You know, that's what was, that's what was mind blowing to me. I was like, they're saying all the right things. Why do I feel no anointing? Why don't I feel the power of God on their life? Because their doctrine's right, the, the scripture, they're using scripture, they're speaking the word of God, they're saying, and there's like nothing. And then, uh, we're going to flip it up so that it's a little bit different in the comments, put a green check mark from the emoji list if you've experienced this, or a thumbs up, you can use a thumbs up, it's easier to find for you. Um, how many of you have felt somebody just get up and take the microphone uh, or, or begin to pray and the whole anointing of the service shifted when they got it? You know, it went from being just like a normal service and then when that person took the mic to preach, it felt like the anointing went to another level in the church or somebody got up to pray and you felt the anointing go to another level. You're like, man, that person's anointed. I feel the anointing on that. I've been there too. I've been there too. And I used to be like, what's the deal? Why is it so different? And then I realized what it was and I learned what was going on. And the difference was that the people that are anointed like that, they're people who pray. They have a prayer life that's consistent. They are in the anointing on a daily basis. And then you hear other people pray or speak and they're like, there ain't nothing. You can tell <laughs> this is the funny test for me. <laughs> I make fun of this all the time, but I don't, I don't, you know, I make fun of it so much that people are like nervous to pray now, like in front of me, but I don't do it. Like in a, I'm just saying, I, I noticed this. I noticed that sometimes morning, brother Rodney, I noticed that sometimes people will pray and, and their prayers to God are so awkward that I realize like, you don't talk to him often. Do you? <laughs> it's like, you don't talk to him because the thing that, that, that it feels like in my spirit, is like, do you know when you haven't like talked to someone in, in the natural, you haven't talked to someone for like a long time and you know, you should have been talking to them like a friend or whatever. And then you get back around or you bump into them and you're like, Oh, Hey, what's up? What's up, Derek? I was, and then you start talking to them and it's like, it's a real awkward conversation because you haven't talked to them and you know, you should have been talking to them. These people are writing in the comments, daddy, God, <laughs> so I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. We just ask you, Daddy God. I'm not the only one. Now listen, if you are on here and you say Daddy God when you pray, we're not condemning you. I just have found it awkward. But it's just awkward to hear like a 50-year-old man say Daddy. But it uh, <laughs> it's like awkward. Like, you know, you should have been talking to them. You haven't been talking to them. And then when you see them in public or like, you know, you run into them at Walmart and you're like, Oh, what's up, man? Or like, or like someone like you owe money or something that you haven't talked to in a long time. I feel like that with people when they pray and they're like, they talk to God and it's so awkward. And it's like, man, I can tell, uh, I can tell you don't, I can tell you don't pray. You know, I can tell you don't pray. And, and that's the thing is, um, 
<laughs> Caitlin said, it's awkward to hear a, a boy say daddy after nine years old, let alone 50 years old. <laughs> hey, daddy. I can't imagine going back home at 40 and seeing my father be like, hey, daddy. <laughs> daddy, could you pass the butter? Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy, I ask you, could you pass the chicken? Oh, daddy. Um, but in North Carolina, they do say diddy. Not talking about P. Diddy, but that's like that, with their accent, that's actually how they say daddy. But um, <laughs> you can tell when people pray, it's like, man, you don't pray. You don't, you're not in his presence through the week. I don't ever want to be that person. I want to have a consistent and powerful prayer life. And the, the first thing uh, that you see uh, with this is that when you pray, it makes power available. You know, I've heard people, and I know people that pray. I'll tell you a great example is like Pastor Adeboye, Pastor Enoch Adeboye, because here's a man that when he preaches or teaches, he never raises his voice like above talking level. If you've ever listened to Pastor Adeboye speak, he will never, ever raise his voice like above speaking level, but the power of God's on his life. And when he prays or when he ministers, the power of God will show up in that place. And it's just, but you know what it is? He's a man of prayer. He's a man of prayer. And you can feel, yeah, that, now that is true, J.D. Pastor Enoch does say, Daddy, and he gets a pass because he's one of the most powerful men in the world. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to, to hear someone like that just speak and the power of God show up. Why? He's got a prayer life. Here's a man that until he was 70 years old, fasted for 40 days, three times a year and prayed from midnight to 6 a.m. every day. And here's a man that was just spending time in prayer, spending time with God. Well, that produces power. It produces power. You know, one of the things that, um, that the Bible says here in James 5 what does it say? Verse 16, James five and verse 16. Therefore confess, uh, excuse me. Let me go to verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Has great power as it is working. The prayers of a righteous man makes great power available, one translation says. Has great power as it's working. Well, you see that. Prayer produces power. It's like when you go back to Mark chapter 9. I've used this often, where Jesus' disciples are frustrated and he rebukes them because he, they can't cast the demon out of a boy. And they're all confused because they've cast out demons before, couldn't cast this one out. And then Jesus casted it out without sweat, without any issue. And later they said, Lord, why could we not cast that demon out? You know what Jesus said? Because this kind of demon doesn't come out except by prayer. And some translations say, and fasting. Prayer and fasting. So Jesus was saying, you could have cast this demon out if you'd been praying. Notice that. You could have cast this demon out if you had been praying. 
but you've not been praying like you should. In fact, we can see that in another story where, where Jesus is praying and he, he tries to lead his disciples out there to pray. What do they all do? They keep falling asleep. They keep falling asleep. He keeps waking them up. Keeps waking them up. And so it's very interesting that Jesus is pointing to people's prayer life as a reason why there's not sufficient power being released. And there's no question about it that if you want to walk in the power of God, you've got to be a person of prayer. There's no question about that. There's no debate about that. In fact, there was a man by the name of, um, oh, now his name just slipped my mind. He was a Methodist minister who wrote 12 books in his lifetime, and nine of them were on the subject of prayer. And uh, he's the one that coined the phrase, much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. You heard that. I'm sure you've heard that phrase before. Much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. Well, what does that mean? It means the level of your prayer life determines the level of your power life. That's, that's it. I forgot. I'm always quoting him. I can't believe I forgot his name. E.M. Bounds. E.M. Bounds. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. So your power comes from your prayer life. How much power you can release. And let me, let, do let me make that distinction because I'm not trying to say that there are Christians that have no power. That's not true. If you're a Christian that is filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that, that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So I'm not saying that Christians don't have power. What I'm saying is they're not able to release that power unless they have a consistent prayer life. I've always explained it that if, if you have all that power, you have to find a way to get it through the filter of your flesh. And if people cannot find a way to get it through the filter of their flesh, then it doesn't matter how much power has been delegated to you. You can't use it. You know, it's, it's just like I've made the example before that um, uh, there's a lot of if you look at a massive dam, you know, I, I talked about this in the book on fasting. Look at a massive dam. There's tons of power behind that dam that all that water is being held back. And if you remove just like two bricks out of the dam, you'd see this little uh, spout of water shooting out from all that force. Well, it doesn't seem like there, that's a lot of force behind that wall. But see, that's because you've only removed a little bit of the wall. If you blew the whole thing up, that water would come rushing out and it would wash out the towns and villages down below uh, that are on that river. So what's the story? However much of the dam you remove is how much power is released. And the dam represents your flesh nature. And one of the things that prayer does is it allows you to remove or crucify, put under the flesh and make that power available. It makes the power you already have available. That's so key. It makes the power you already have available. So I want you to put it in the uh, comments section. Prayer makes my power available. That's huge. Put it in the comments. Prayer makes my power 
available. Some people think that they need more power. You don't need more power. You don't need more anointing. You know, what's, what's crazy is people actually will pray for that. Ask God that he'll give me more anointing. How much more can you get? He's already filled you to overflowing with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Dwells in you. So how much greater of anointing can you get than the Holy Ghost? He is the anointing. Think about that. He is the anointing. How much more can you get? You can't get any more. You can't get any more anointed than you already are. The key is learning how to release the anointing, how to operate in the anointing, how to stand in the anointing. Those are the things that we need to be asking. We're anointed already. It's how do I use the anointing? How do I release it? How do I activate it? And one of the ways that you make that power available is by prayer. Daily, consistent prayer makes your power available. So that's number one. If we back up a couple of verses, the second life-changing benefit of a consistent prayer life is divine healing. Divine healing comes through prayer. What does the Bible say as we go back two verses? James 5, we'll look at verses 14 and 15. Listen to this. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven. So notice the prayer of faith, which we talked about yesterday. The prayer of faith can bring divine healing into your body. Hallelujah. Bring divine healing into your body. So isn't it interesting that if you would have a consistent prayer life, number one, it brings and makes power available. But number two, it makes healing available. See that? Number one, it makes power available. That's what we talked about. But number two, it makes healing available. That's the second benefit. Healing comes through prayer. As you'll begin to pray. And you know what's awesome? You don't even need somebody to pray over you, although you can get that according to scripture here. But you could pray the prayer of faith over yourself, over your own family, over your own body. So number two, it makes healing available. That's the second life-changing benefit of a consistent prayer life. You can walk in never-ending healing by the power of God. Stay in prayer. Pray the prayer of faith and watch as healing is released into your body. We've been seeing healing take place all year. And I mean, our ministry, I've asked God, let that be something that marks our ministry. People being healed of sickness, disease. We've seen people healed of cancer. We've seen deaf ears come open, blind eyes come open. We've seen people with respiratory problems, COPD. We've seen crippling conditions leave people. Why? Because healing is available to God's people. Healing's available to God's people, and prayer is the key that allows you to release the power of God and divine healing. Number three, I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 16. The third thing that becomes available to you, the third amazing or life-changing benefit of a consistent prayer life, deliverance. Deliverance is available. I read, I read the story about Paul and Silas in the inner dungeon. And the Bible says that at midnight, what do they do? They begin to pray and sing praises unto God. 
they begin to pray and sing praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And the place began to shake. And though they were locked in an inner dungeon, supernaturally the doors came open and all the chains fell off. Deliverance. Deliverance. To answer Robert's question, have you seen drug addicts healed with no withdrawal symptoms? Absolutely we have. I saw it, I gave the story a couple of nights ago in New Hampshire. There was a girl that's been addicted to heroin for years. She came into the meeting strung out. Power of God touched her. She went out in the Holy Ghost, got up, totally delivered, came back the next night looking like a different woman. She said, not only did I not do any heroin today, I didn't even have a desire to do heroin today. Just a, a, a few um, a weeks ago in Tomball, a man was delivered from smoking three packs of cigarettes a day for 26 years. He came back two days later. He said, I haven't had one cigarette since. Praise God. God will set you free. And he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Free indeed. And so I'll pray for you at the end of this broadcast, Robert. Stay on. Stay on for it. Deliverance belongs to you. That's number three. As a person of prayer, it's a benefit that comes through prayer. Paul and Silas were locked in the inner dungeon. And as they prayed, guess what happened? The prison shook. And the Bible says the doors, all the doors came open. All the chains fell off. I was also thinking about Peter when he was locked in prison. And the Bible says the church began to pray. And as the church began to pray, Peter's sleeping between two guards and an angel walks in to deliver him. For what? For the church's prayer. The church's prayer. And as the church prayed, guess what? Peter was delivered from prison. And so deliverance is a benefit of a consistent prayer life. Number four, so power is available, healing, deliverance. Number four, direction. This is huge for every, for every believer. Direction from the Lord. We need divine direction. I, know, I need to know what to do, where to go, how to do it. Divine direction is available. Well, we see that with the story of David. I, I kind of went through this a little bit yesterday. When his wives, children, and the wives and children of his men were all abducted from Ziklag, 1 Samuel chapter 30, the Bible says he didn't immediately go after them. He asked for the ephod. He said, bring me the priestly garment. He put it on and began to talk to the Lord. And he said, uh, Lord, should I pursue these people? Should I go after them? And he said, the Lord said, yes, pursue them and you will overcome, overtake and recover all. Notice he wouldn't do anything until the Lord gave him direction. Wouldn't do anything until the Lord gave him direction. And so prayer brings direction. As we pray, the Lord will speak to us and tell us which way to go. You know, I've told you the story before where I was planning to go to the same Bible college that my cousin Jonathan went to. He was already there. And it wasn't just him. My entire family had gone to that Bible college. My grandmother and grandfather, my father and my mother, all my uncles, my cousins, you know, my, my, my cousin Jonathan, his sister Jessica. I mean, it, my whole family had gone to this Bible college and that's where I was headed. And the Lord changed my path. 
And the Lord told me not to go there. I prayed about it at high school one day. I, I said, I'm going to take all day to pray. Where should I go to Bible school? And um, almost immediately, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me internally, he said, no, you're not supposed to go. And in fact, he used a verse of scripture and brought it to my attention. And it was like something he spoke to me to do personally by the leading of the spirit. He used that scripture where God spoke to Isaac and said, don't go down to Egypt like your father did. Go to a place that I will show you. And I said, I understand what you're saying. Don't do what everybody else has done just because they've done it, but be led by the spirit. And I was, and I went out and it's amazing. God just continually, I mean, continually, good morning, Ashley, just continually was like confirmation after confirmation that I was in the right place at the right time. I mean, it was amazing because I had connection. Brother Shambach prayed over me as I was there. Brother T.L. Osborne, just we randomly met him and he prayed over me, laid hands on me. Uh, Kenneth Hagin laid hands on me, prayed over me. It was one thing after another. All of these uh, miracle stories, miracle things taking place. God gave me the best job in the city I could possibly have as a 17, 18 year old guy. That Brother Shambach prayed that prayer, Brother Osborne prayed that prayer, and that day it came to pass. I mean, just, uh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Um, I'm just telling you, Chris is watching from Mesa, Arizona. Appreciate you being on, bro. Uh, it's just amazing to me that when you follow direction from the Holy Ghost, it's just things fall into place because he has a plan. God's got a plan for your life. All he needs us to do is follow his direction in obedience. And if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But how do you get that direction? How do you get that kind of leading and got it by prayer? You got to pray. You got to pray. Sherry, we're going to pray at the end of this broadcast. I know people have prayer requests. They're writing them in. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast and ask God to touch you. Thank you, Luenda, for sowing a seed. And so, yeah, uh, Christina, I'm telling you, pray and fast and let the Lord speak to you. And he'll tell you which Bible school. And so even, even to where I live and where I was before, you know, I, I, it made no sense to me. I was traveling my first year out of Bible school and, um, I was, I was evangelizing, working as well for my father. And I heard the Lord speak to me in February of 2003. And I was praying and fasting while I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma for winter Bible seminar. And the Lord spoke to me and said, he gave me my next steps. He said, you're to move to Virginia Beach and help your uncle as he plants the church there in Virginia Beach. And it made no sense to my natural mind because I was like, well, Lord, you've called me to be an evangelist and you're telling me to go on staff as, a, as an associate pastor. And, um, and I knew that it was the thing to do. And it made no sense in the natural because I thought, well, that doesn't make, that, that make, it doesn't add up. And I got there. And then God blessed me and blessed me and blessed me. And of course, I met my wife and got married and had my children, a house, blessed with a house, all these different things. And everything was cool until, like I told you yesterday, God moved me again. At every point, let me just tell you, at every point the Lord has led me by his spirit, none of it has ever made sense. None of it. You know, when your whole family goes to a place and that's the tradition of your family, to be the first person that doesn't do that is a weird thing. Didn't make sense. You know, and then, and then when, I, when I knew the Lord had called me to be an evangelist and he asked me to do that, it didn't make sense. And then when the Lord told me to move to Florida and told me in a time of prayer and fasting, told me to do it, 
made no sense made no sense all the things the lord has told me to do in my natural mind they didn't make sense but when you follow the leading of the holy spirit it's blessing after blessing after blessing that comes from a consistent prayer life amen that's it lynn said so glad you did follow his leading look at the fruit it's true and she said even this broadcast has been a lifeline since charles died in may of 2019 and of course we are your family lynn and that's another thing the lord led me to begin to broadcast like this we weren't doing this we weren't doing this the lord led me to broadcast through 2020 you remember from march and we went every single night and never stopped spirit of faith sessions dominion sessions we just went i had so many people write me and say that was my lifeline during this outbreak during the lockdown all that was going on my faith was shaky i was in fear i was in depression and i watched the broadcast and then was set free that was the story but the lord spoke to me to do those broadcasts when i got on the plane in, in detroit michigan to fly home and the lord said get on and every night until i tell you to stop you broadcast and preach the word of faith and i did it and the Lord told me to do it, and, uh, and it blessed many people and set people free. So you can see that the leading, the leading of the Lord is key. You've got to be uh, divinely guided by God, and that comes through prayer. Number five, the fifth benefit is that you gain access to the secrets of God. This is a big one. I'm sure, I'm sure that... Uh, that, that blows people away. What do you mean the secrets of God? There are secrets that God will make you privy to if you're a person of prayer. Put it in the comments. Number five, the secrets of God. You gain access to his secrets. In fact, he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33 in verse three, he said, ask me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. One translation said, I'll show you secrets about the future. See, in Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29, the Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord. But the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The secret things belong to the Lord. And if he chooses to reveal them to you, they become yours. They become yours. Job said it this way. I believe it was uh, Joel, or excuse me, Job uh, chapter 29 or 22. I have to look up the reference for you. He said, oh, that I, oh, that I were as I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. Think about that. When the secret of God, so he was longing for the days of his youth and people say, well, wonder what caused Job to be so blessed. He tells you why the secret of God was upon his tabernacle. The secret of God was upon his tabernacle. When God reveals his secrets to you through prayer, it prepares you for what's coming. It prepares you for the future. You know, I remember hearing the story of um, brother Hagin. The Lord woke him up in bed one morning and said, there's a financial, uh, and he didn't use the word collapse or recession. Brother Hagin used the word crunch. There's a financial crunch coming to the nation. It was a recession. And the Lord said, but if you'll do all the things that I'm telling you to do today, then it'll come, but you'll not ever feel it. Your ministry will never feel it. 
And so he took a pen and a pad and the Lord began to give Brother Hagin instructions about what to do so that he would never have to deal with the financial recession that was coming. He wrote them all down. And as he wrote them down, um, he went into his office and he carried all of them out. The Lord said, don't be involved in this anymore. All of the ministries I never told you to get involved with, get out of them. He even told him things to do with his staff and with his, with his uh, setup of, and administration of his ministry. He did all of them and obeyed the word of the Lord. And, the, and, and, as he, and he saw that word from the Lord and in prophecy, what I would call the secret of God, God was giving him a word about the future. And guess what happened? It came. And you know what his testimony was? His testimony was, it came, but we never felt it. We ne he said other ministries were having to stop the things they were doing. They had to pull out of ministries and all that. He said they lost money. They lost resources. They lost partners. They lost giving. He said we never felt it once. He said, in fact, it was during that time of that recession that all of the money came in to build the Rama campus. And he said, we paid for it cash. It all came in during that time. And so the Lord did it. Why? By revealing supernatural or divine secrets. By revealing divine secrets. You have access. The gifts of the Spirit will be in operation. A consistent prayer life. The secrets of God belong to you. Number uh, six, the sixth thing that comes upon you in a consistent prayer life is personal refreshing. I'm convinced that one of the reasons that Christians are so beaten down and always so uh, harassed is because they don't pray consistently. Because you can bring a personal refreshing to your own life through prayer in the Spirit. I told you this yesterday when we were talking about praying in the Holy Ghost. You can pray in the Holy Ghost until you are personally refreshed. This is number six personally refreshed um first corinthians 14 and verse 4 the bible says the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds up the church so catch this now by praying in the spirit according to the apostle paul by praying in the spirit you build up yourself you edify yourself in fact it's written in the book of jude that he said, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So praying in the Holy Ghost edifies you. 14.4, Mary Beth. 1 Corinthians 14 and, the, and verse 4. You can edify yourself. You can strengthen yourself. You can stir yourself up. Many of you may have heard me telling the story. Uh, of when my friend in high school got into a bad car wreck and was in a coma. And I went to the hospital. The students that were there called me and said, come down to the hospital. And I went down. And when I got down there, um, you know, I could feel the, the everyone grieving. I could feel that in the spirit. I could feel the heaviness. And so I left the group of students that were there and I went to the other side of that waiting room. And I just begin to walk back and forth, walk back and forth and pray in the Holy Ghost. Man, I prayed in the Holy Ghost until I felt that thing build up in my spirit, strength, anointing, strength, anointing, strength, anointing. I felt it. I could feel encouraged. I felt refreshed. 
I felt built up in faith. Well, that's Jude verse 20, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. I felt my faith being stirred as I prayed to the Lord. And I prayed and I prayed. And to the point I couldn't stay in the waiting room anymore, I had to get back there and pray for him. So I left the waiting room and I went back to that back room and the nurses tried to stop me, but I kept on pressing through. I got into the room and I went and began to pray and uh, I laid hands on him, prayed that he would come out, that he'd have no brain damage, no motor skill damage, nothing, no issues, no problems. And uh, prayed that he would get up. And I told his mom, everything's going to be all right. And I left and went home. And the next morning when I woke up, he was out of that coma. When nurses said that he may never come out, he came out, had no memory loss, motor skill damage, all of that stuff. They said, I've never seen somebody uh, recover this well from brain trauma. God did it. But notice what, what caused me to be able to press through the heaviness, the grievance, all that was going on. Personal refreshing personal refreshing. I was my own lifeline by the Holy Ghost. I started praying, praying in the spirit until my faith was stirred up and ready for action, ready for action. And you can do the same. You can personally refresh yourself. Well, what's another benefit? Number seven, the Bible says that you can always access forgiveness. There's people that are beaten down because they feel like they've made a mistake that God will never forget. But when you have a consistent prayer life, you always have access to forgiveness. The Bible says in uh, 1 John 1 and verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so anytime you may have made a mistake, you may have uh, fallen into sin, you may have done something that's displeasing to God. But if you'll continually pray and stay in prayer, you've got access to forgiveness at any moment, at any moment. If you'll just pray and ask the Lord to forgive you, the Bible says he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll forgive every sin. You've got access to full forgiveness at any moment of the day. Let me move on. Number eight, uh, you've got access to divine protection. Now this is big, especially in the day and age we're living in. Put it in the comments. Number eight, divine protection. Divine protection belongs to you as you pray. Prayer is key. Um, blue haired grandma says, number one, can it ever be that that's the listener that is out of sorts and not feeling the anointing? Uh, that's, that's possible, but that's not what, that's not the point I was making. For example, I'm not out of sorts. I'm in the anointing every day. I pray daily. I fast and pray. I'm in the word daily. So if I'm sitting there as I, and, I, and the other thing is there's other people, many people on this broadcast that are the same. They pray daily. They're in the presence of God. So if you're sitting there and you, you're, you already know the anointing and you're in the anointing daily and somebody gets up and you feel like nothing. See, that's a sign to me is if they're saying all the right things, doing all the right things, and there's no anointing on it. 
That's a sign. But then there's other times I sense, like I said, the opposite, where somebody gets up and there's been really a, a lower level of anointing or the power of God's not been there. And then somebody takes the mic and boom, it shoots through the roof. That's a sign to me. That person's been in the presence of God, preparing themselves for what the Lord wants to do. And you can, it's called the discerning of spirits. It's a gift of the spirit, the discerning of spirits. It's not just demon spirits. It's discerning of the human spirit, angels, or the spirit of God, which my father's new book is getting ready to ship. And uh, if you, it's on the gifts of the spirit, it's an introduction to the gifts. And if you don't uh, have, uh, if you didn't know that it's coming out, if you haven't pre-ordered it, I think you can already pre-order. You need to do it because this book, the camels are coming. It's going to be invaluable. It's volume one on this series of the gifts of the spirit. And there's nobody better, in my opinion, to teach on the gifts of the spirit than my father, who I've seen uh, operate proficiently in all nine gifts of the spirit. And so it's coming out and it's going to ship very soon. You need to get it when it does. But you've got to be able to discern what's happening by the spirit of God. So that's number uh, eight is this number nine or number eight is divine protection. So number eight, divine protection. Um, you can go through the whole scripture. You can go from Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. What was he doing? They got him thrown in there, praying, praying, praying. And they didn't like the fact he was praying to God, but notice this in the midst of his prayer, he's thrown in and the lions can't touch him. Divine protection is his. Notice what the three Hebrew children wouldn't do. They would not bow and pray and worship a false god or the statue of that king. They had devoted themselves to God only. They threw him in the fiery furnace, but guess what? They couldn't be touched. They couldn't be touched. I look at King Hezekiah in 2 Kings 19. Sennacherib tried to kill him, tried to surround the city with, with soldiers, tried to destroy him. Guess what? He couldn't be touched. The people of Judah couldn't be touched. In fact, it was their enemies who were destroyed. It was their enemies who were destroyed. Every last enemy. And they couldn't be touched. I think about 2 Chronicles 20, where three armies joined together to destroy God's people. Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir joined together. But as they prayed and praised God, the spirit of the Lord went out ahead of them, destroyed their enemies. They could not be touched. Prayer gives you access to divine protection. I deal with this in my book, Blood on the Door. If you've never read Blood on the Door, uh, I, I encourage you to get it. You can get the ebook. You can get the paperback. But I'm telling you, one of the things that opens up divine protection is prayer, a consistent prayer life. You know, begin to pray. I... Um, I've had so many instances of divine protection from prayer. I shared one the other night while I was preaching that um, my father had a vision of me getting in a car crash. And what did he do? Began to pray. He began to pray, began to pray. And what happened? I was divinely protected, fell asleep driving with no seatbelt on and was divinely protected by the spirit of God. I should be dead now. I'm not dead. Thank you, Liz. Liz said, I'm in the middle of reading that book now. It's so good. Thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. But protection is ours through prayer. As we pray, God will protect us. I touched on this a little bit before, but number nine, the ninth life-changing benefit of a consistent prayer life is that you've got the ability to stir up or build up your faith. 
stir up and build up your faith for action. This is so massive. It'll push you into faith-filled actions. As you pray, pray in the spirit, pray in English. It builds up your faith. You say, why do you need that to happen? Well, it's just the same way. I always explain it like this. It's like if you were going to run track or run in the Olympics or whatever. Nobody just shows up to the track. Nobody just shows up to the race in their street clothes and then lines up is like, hey, let's get this race started. People come and they warm up and they stretch and they get their muscles ready and all those things. Why? Because they want to perform at the highest level and they don't want to hurt themselves and they don't want to fail. So what do they do? They always warm up and they always uh, stretch and they always do all these. That's what praying in the spirit and praying in English does. It takes your faith that you already have. Catch that. Doesn't give you more faith. It takes the faith that you already have and you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. You are stirring up your faith for action, getting it ready to be used. You're getting it ready to be used. So number nine, it stirs up your faith for action. And I'm referencing, of course, Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so that's the key. As you begin to pray, your faith gets ready to work. And I'm telling you, we've got to have our faith ready to work because there's work to be done. And every one of us is called to accomplish our purpose effectively and efficiently. Amen. Stirs up your faith. Number 10. And I love this one. People need this more than ever. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Number 10, a consistent prayer life produces supernatural peace in your life. That's number 10. It produces supernatural peace in your life. And man, do people need it right now? Man, do people need it? I'm reading to you from Philippians chapter four, Philippians four, verses six, seven, and eight. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? And the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. I always point that out because people don't understand what that means. What does that mean? Peace that passes all understanding. It means that you don't have to be in a peaceful situation to have peace. That's what's so powerful about divine peace. You don't have to be in a peaceful situation in order to have peace. You could be in the midst of a problem. The enemy could be attacking from every side. Literally, you could be in the midst of a storm and still have overwhelming peace. Jesus was on a ship that the, the disciples were sure it was going to go down and he's in the, the back part of the ship sleeping on a pillow on the deck. 
<laughs> on the deck. Rain's, I'm sure rain's coming down, wind's blowing, waves are crashing over. They're like, this thing's going down. Jesus never woke up. You can have, have it. How do you do it? By prayer and supplication. And let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Thank you, Jesus. And your minds in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 8, he tells you what to think about. Guard your thoughts. Pray, get access to peace, and then guard your thoughts. If you've got a consistent prayer life, you've got a consistent peace life. Hallelujah. Put that in the comments. If you've got a consistent prayer life, you've got a consistent peace life. One of the things that I cannot, yeah, and I use that example, Hope, that the uh, Peter was operating in the gift of faith. That's why he had so much peace. He's, he's sleeping between the guards, probably expecting to be executed on the next day. And he's so dead asleep that the angel who's sent to break him out of jail has to strike him to wake him up. That is serious peace. Serious peace. If you'll have a consistent prayer life, you'll have a consistent peace life. Thank you, Liz. I love you. I love you. Peace belongs to you and it'll guard your heart. I can't stand people that can't stay consistent in this, in this area. They're up one day, they're down the next day. They're depressed. They're happy. They're depressed. They're happy. They're scared. They're joyful, they're depressed. They're joyful, depressed, scared, peaceful. They're on a roller coaster. They're on a roller coaster. Love you too, Faith. On a roller coaster of emotion, as the anchor man, Will Farrell, said, I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> I can't deal with it. It's like, be consistent. See, maturity is consistent. It does. It can, Robert. Robert asked, does, do you think it comes from a lack of discipleship? It absolutely can. Because what happens, Robert, is that people, they don't know how to react unless they're taught when there's uh, an attack that comes. That's right. Milk was a bad choice. Um, <laughs> Kim said, it's menopause. Leave me be. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But see, you, you see, you see this, right? He makes a great point, Robert, because discipleship is so key because that is someone teaching you. Here's how you act in this situation. Here's what you do in this situation. Here's how you respond when the devil attacks. Here's, and, and what you do, Paul said it this way. I've sent Timothy to teach you how to live like I live. I've sent Timothy to teach you how to live. That's discipleship. So when he says, teach him how to live like I live, what he's saying is, if you have this go on, here's what I would do. If you got this happening, here's what I would do. Teaching you to live like I live. And so that, that's the key. And yes, I, I agree with Robert. It could be, uh, for sure, a lack of discipleship, which we need more of in the body of Christ. Let me give you number 11. Matthew 26, go with me there. This is the final one before I pray for you today. And I know people have prayer requests. I'm going to pray for you. People have been writing in. I need deliverance. I need God to touch me. I need God to touch my family. We're going to pray and God will touch you. God will touch you. He loves you. The Lord loves you. 
He's working on your behalf already. Working on your behalf already. Matthew 26. The final thing that I want to mention today, and this is a powerful one, because it really opens up every blessing of God to your life. And that is this. Prayer. Let me word it exactly the way I want to word it because I wrote it down a certain way. Prayer gives you strength to live holy, to live a holy lifestyle. You see that? Prayer gives you strength to live a holy lifestyle. Let me read this to you. Matthew 26, verses 40 and 41. And Jesus came to the disciples and found them sleeping when they should have been praying. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for one hour? This is number 11 now. Strength to live holy. Could you not watch with me? He means pray for one hour. Now look what he said. Verse 41. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation for the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak so what's jesus getting across to peter here if you don't pray then your flesh will be stronger than your spirit your flesh will have control it will do what it wants to do rather than your spirit doing what it knows it should do to make it really simple, and I want you to put this in the comments, I heard Bishop Oyedepo preach this from this passage of scripture. He said, if you're not prayerful, you will be sinful. Put that in and never forget it. If you're not prayerful, you will be sinful. So important to get that in your spirit. If you're not prayerful, you will be sinful. You will be sinful. That's key. Not playful, Liz. Prayerful. <laughs> if you're not playful, you will be sinful. No, if you're not prayerful. <laughs> if you're not prayerful. That's a powerful thought. Jesus is saying that here. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation for the spirit is willing. And if you're a Christian... <laughs> autocorrect another casualty of autocorrect Liz Mendez I'm going to pour some out for her on the ground from my 40 ounce water um, if you're not prayerful you'll be simple why Jesus is telling him prayer is the element that causes you to be built up in strength to fight against temptation he said if you don't pray you will enter into temptation but if you'll pray then you will not enter into temptation the spirit's willing but the flesh is weak that's the key and and the flesh the flesh is ready to fall at any moment that's why you got to take control over it you got to can take got to take control of it and and that's the key <laughs> Liz said, it's the Android phone. Pray for me. Pray for me. Lord, we loose an Apple phone now to her in Jesus' name. 
Um, you got hands being stretched towards from the back too. Um, if you're not prayerful, you will be sinful. So if you're just jumping on, let me quickly run through these for you. All of these 11 powerful benefits of a consistent prayer life. Number one, it makes power available. Number two, it brings divine healing. Number three, it brings deliverance. Number four, it brings direction. Number five, it gives you access to divine secrets. Number six, personal refreshing. Number seven, you gain access to forgiveness. Number eight, protections available to your life. Number nine, it builds up your faith, stirs up your faith. Number 10, it brings peace from God. And number 11, strength to live holy. And I know there's people that have been writing in through this whole broadcast. Pray for me, pray for me. I need healing. I need deliverance. I need to be set free. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I saw your prayer request. I want to speak in other tongues. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask God today to touch his precious people. Maybe you're watching on the, uh, or you're listening on the podcast and you need God to touch you. You don't have a way to give me your prayer requests, but just lift your hands because the Lord knows what you need. The Lord knows what you need. And so let me pray. Father, in the wonderful and the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that today you would touch your people, touch them supernaturally. I pray that every attack that has come against their physical body today would be broken by your mighty power. I take authority over sickness and disease that is set up in their bodies. I take authority over that that's set up in their minds. I command it to loose its grip and let them go today in Jesus' mighty name. May healing virtue flow through your body wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I take authority, Lord, over addictions that have held people in bondage. Addiction to nicotine and alcohol and to drugs and prescription meds. I take authority over addiction to pornography, sex addiction. Be free in Jesus' name. I command the doors of that invisible prison to open wide Loosed, be loosed and let go. Be loosed and let go in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those that desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Let this be the day in Jesus' name. I loose the power of God to you where you're watching. Be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Be filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray divine protection on God's people, those that are watching and listening. Lord, guard them. Put a hedge of protection around their home, around their family. No evil thing can come near their dwelling place. Let God arise and every enemy be scattered in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you for that. We give you glory for that and praise. You are a good and a powerful God. You love us more than we could ever imagine. And so we give you honor and we give you glory for what you're doing. In Jesus' wonderful name, we thank you and we give you praise. And if you believe it, somebody throw some fire up, throw some hands up. Let me know you're standing with me and you believe it is yours in Jesus' name. It is done in Jesus' name. Um, I'm just, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost today. God's moving on his people. Things are changing. Chris and Mesa said, amen. I'm with you, Chris. 
I'm with you, Caitlin. I'm with you, Liz. I love you. Nicole Graves is in the house. I love you. Elizabeth Coleman, Lynn Ann like them. Sorry. Kim. I'm believing with you. Best days for us, for the Victory Tribe, they're ahead, not behind. Not behind. Let me say, maybe with a green check mark, with a green check mark, who would be interested in being able to rock some Victory Tribe gear? Who would be interested? If you've got a green check mark on your phone, computer, tablet, who would be interested? in being able to rock some Victory Tribe, some sweet-looking, sick Victory Tribe gear. Let me know who would be interested in that. I see some people that are very interested in it. Very interested in it. Oh, do we have some things to show you coming up. And the way that you're going to get into it first is being on the text family. MiracleWord.com forward slash text. That's how you're going to get the drops. First, first, Christina said me, but I don't have a green check mark. <laughs> Someone's typing green check mark. Matt said only if my face is on it. Hey, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Uh, if you get involved in the text family, I'm telling you, the drop is coming first there. Coming first there. And you're going to have the opportunity to get in the head of the line, front of the line. But man, we got some snow coming you. It's going to be good, man. Somebody said, how can we sow? If you'd like to sow a seed today into this ministry, um, you can always jump on miracleword.com and there's a give section of the site and there's a partner section of the site. I'm asking people that if you are believing God for increase to stand with us in partnership, and not only are you standing with us to send the word around the world, which you're doing, and I mean literally, not just figure, we're, we're on television now in over 180 nations preaching the gospel on a daily basis. Um, people are uh, getting saved every single week. I'm getting my phone blown up with salvations and uh, we're, we're discipling people. But I want to encourage you to stand with us on a monthly basis. Monthly basis. Um, how do I do that? Go to MiracleWord.com, click the partner page. You can see all that we're accomplishing, all that we're doing, that the Lord's empowering us to do. Fill out that form and stand with us. Maybe you'd like to sow a one-time seed. Listen, go click the give page. You can also give. You can see on your screen, uh, there's PayPal available. Cash app is available. Venmo is available. If you're on Facebook, you can use hashtag donate. Zelle. If you'd like to do a Zelle transfer, that's available. And now we accept cryptocurrency as a form of giving. So if you'd like to give using Bitcoin, if you'd like to give using Ethereum, if you'd like to give using XRP, if you'd like to give, I mean, there's all these different ways. If you'd like to do it, it's available on the website. And um, we want to say, a big thank you to everybody that's standing with us. For this month of September, we're going to send you a gift for uh, sewing and being a part of what we're doing. If you'd like to receive that gift, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer and sign up there. You can receive it. Also, don't forget today's Wednesday and we're going to send you that Kenneth Copeland's book, The Laws of Prosperity. Um, don't forget, by the way, today's Wednesday, which means brand new kids video and Bible study available on the site, miraclewordkids.com. And of course, you can get it on our app 
all of our stuff is available to binge watch on the app. It's free to get, exclusive uh, viewing of our television broadcasts. You've got 24-7 radio. You've got all the kids' content. You've got all of our new videos. Everything that's going on is available in the app, and I encourage you to download it and join us there. Sissy said, is kryptonite currency? No, she said, kryptonite currency? Cryptocurrency. Not kryptonite. Please don't send any kryptonite because it will cripple me. It will cripple me. Um, (laughs) I love you guys so much. Thank you. Now, listen, tonight, 7 o'clock, don't want to miss this service. We're going to be live. No, there's service tonight, Caitlin. There's service tonight. 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, you're not going to want to miss it. We're still here, Logan, West Virginia. And uh, Word of Life, it's going to be powerful. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, jump on. Nancy said, my children asked if you could make the Miracle Word kids longer. If you could make it longer. I have no, uh, I have no control over what the Miracle Word kids are doing. They don't listen to me. They asked me once to be a guest on the show. They said, never again, never again. Um, my dad's going to be doing some streaming again soon as well. More miracles at midnight. I think he told me and we put it on the calendar, but uh, always check back. He'll put it on social media. Thanks to everybody that's sowing seeds. Thank you to our partners. Again, if you just logged on, um, the banquet, the Victory Tribe homecoming weekend banquet is full uh, once again, but we are... We are putting in um, a waiting list. It's on the same page. You can sign up to be on the waiting list. If we have anybody that is not able to make it, we will contact you first and let you know there's spaces that are open. As of yesterday, we had four that filled up yesterday and now we're full again. So we would love to see you there. Get on the waiting list. If there's a possibility, we will contact you and let you know. Again, the new magazine's getting ready to drop. It is bomb. You've got to get a copy of it. Sign up to receive magazines and sign up to receive texts because we've got some drops coming for the Victory Tribe. First in line on the text. I love you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock, in Revival, Word of Life, Logan, West Virginia. Have a wonderful one. I'll see you later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.